Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. The rest of the team was off. Like just completely, <laughs> like it was just everything that would scare you for a playoff matchup. Harden was, you know, basically like the look zoned out Harden version that he can be sometimes. Maxi had the headband on, which I actually kind of liked, and then he t- he took it off, and he was still terrible. He messed with and his he- own mojo, man. He was on a roll, and then you can't mess with the gear when you're on a roll. Like I agree. That. Like I wonder what made him do that. Like I, if I was, I mean, I'm sure there were more important questions to ask him, but I'll tell you, if I was a beat writer, I'd be like, so what? What went into that headband decision? But Toby was also extremely awful. Like so, taking him beat out of it. They did win the game, which is important. And I think to beat the Celtics, they're going to have to win this way, which is Embiid is just the best player in the series and doesn't allow them to lose. And I don't think that's too much to ask of him. That's what best players are asked to do. But outside of the Embiid thing, like, did last night make you feel better or worse about their chances of playing the Celtics? And what were your takeaways from how poorly the rest of the team played? So I want to stick on just real quick the headband thing. Some oh, inside baseball. Yeah. We were talking about this before the game, and I I said to Rich Hoffman, I said, you know, this is the easiest and dumbest engagement you get on Twitter oh. as a sports writer. It's like X player is wearing shooting sleeve headband, whatever yep. it is, and you just tweet out like, and I tweeted headband Maxi or headband Tyrese question mark, and, and I people are just it. losing their minds. And it's, I said it was silly at the time, but then like you look at it and Tyree starts the game poorly and he immediately abandons the headband. And so like, you can tell me that fans or even myself like overvalues silly shit like that. But when a guy looks at it and it's like, man, I got to take this off because I'm not playing well. It's like these, if you, if those guys believe in it, then that stuff matters. So that's just, I, that was a quick side tangent. Quick side tangent on that. Carson Wentz used to have a cameo sleeve he would wear. And I think he lost like his first two games in it. And I kept tweeting about how once he puts it on, like, you know, they're going to lose. And to your point, like stuff like that matters. Like they're humans, like Carson. And look, the cameo thing is just incredibly on brand for Carson. But like people put that stuff on and you can't tell me as athletes, you're not like, oh, I'm, I'm ready to go today. I got the cameo on. And then you lose. And, and that's that. But Yes, obviously Maxi struggled throughout the game, not just headband Maxi. Yeah. So on that point, I think I feel like we're the number one Derek White Sixers podcast because I brought up his <laughs> name like yeah, you, four you or five times. Well, look, so I think there are a lot of things in Boston that kind of flow through him and the decisions that they make with him moving forward because he is a really good two-way player. And I think you saw that. You see it in the Maxi matchup specifically, right? I think mm-hmm. he's big enough and good enough that Maxi has to defend him on a possession. He's kind of just fucked. Like, he's yeah. too small to guard him. And Derek White can get to the rim. He puts Maxi on his hip, and that's that's kind of it. And if Joel is not at the rim to save that, that's two points for Boston. On the other end of the floor he's long enough and athletic enough that he beats Maxi to spots a lot of the time. And Tyrese has a tendency that if you can beat him there, he's, he kind of just like stalls out the possession. He'll just, instead of trying to lean through you or go through you and lean into you, 
a lot of times he'll get there, stop and turn around and pivot. And it's like, well, now you're really screwed because you have your back to the basket against a guy who's just bigger and stronger than you are. And I thought Mm -hmm. there were moments last night where white was like kind of in his head. There was a play where I think it was early second half, early third quarter. Maxi is in, it's like a scramble possession. He has an easy path to the rim. And instead of just going up, he gives a forearm to white in the back to clear space. It's like, bro, you had the lane, just go to the rim. And so there was a lot of stuff like that last night. Then by the end of the game, I mean, he's falling out of bounds on inbounds plays. He almost mm-hmm. threw away another one to he inbounded the ball to Harden and almost turned it over. Like just an absolute disaster performance from him. And I do worry that, you know, even if we set aside White individually, it's White and it's Marcus Smart, like another big, long, tough, athletic guard that he's got to try to get by. Then you have the wings, like him trying to attack somebody like a Jalen Brown. That's not really a winning proposition for them. And it's certainly not a winning proposition for them on the defensive end. So I'm pretty worried about him in a potential matchup. I do wonder, push comes to shove, if Melton gets some minutes over him in crunch time situations against Boston specifically. Now, that being said, I thought Melton stunk it up last night, too. Yeah. But that was true of you know basically the entire team. So yeah, um, I, I would say my concern level is relatively high because or for Maxi specifically in this matchup because I just have not seen almost anything good for him against Boston this year. Well, and the tough thing too, and we've had this kind of discussion with Maxi in general, is I think if I'm understanding you right, like the concerns about Maxi versus Boston are physical, right? And, and you're not gonna grow or gain 30 pounds and well, I could probably gain 30 pounds in the next month. But Maxi ideally in a is different not way. Go I was going to say, yeah, not, not, not in the way I want to, but Maxi is not going to be a, a completely different human in a month. So yeah, I agree. There are legitimate concerns there, but the tough part about that, I think sometimes when there's matchup concerns, you can sit here and go, well, maybe they can do this and that. I think the Maxi thing kind of is what it is. Like they're just going to have to win without Maxi being the best version of Maxi. And you know, he's going to deserve some blame if they lose because of that for sure. But one way to offset Maxi, and I, I think the Melton point is an interesting one, is for Harden to be better. Like Harden, I think he had 14 points either in the first quarter, maybe like quarter and a half or something. Like he had a good start to the game. Felt like he tailed off a little bit. Um, how, like what did you see from him last night? Did you think it was matchup stuff? Did you think it was just a poor game by him? Because um, he wasn't good against Milwaukee either. So – I don't think last night was like an outright bad game for him. I I think you brought up earlier. The one thing I would say that I agree with you on is that there was some weird kind of zoning out moments for him. There was a possession in the second half where they ran the clock down. And then with like three or four seconds left, he just throws a panic pass to PJ Tucker in the dunker spot. And it's like, I wrote this in my recap. I wrote last night. A hundred times out of a hundred, if you're asking me to choose James Harden takes a hero ball shot in isolation or PJ Tucker gets the ball with four seconds on the shot clock with his back to the basket. I want Harden to take the shot. I don't, I don't care if you miss, I don't care if you shoot a fucking air ball. Like that's the reason you are here on this team is when you can't get Joel the ball or Joel does not have the ball or is not in the game, whatever it is, you have to be willing to take that shot, like live with the consequences. It's not like he threw it to, wide open PJ in the corner. So that stuff drove me a little crazy. Uh, I do think if you're looking at this matchup 
uh, over the course of the season, Harden has had some moments. And I think that one, and there are a couple of people I talked about this with last night. Um, one way you might be able to exploit them is I think when they get Horford on a switch against Harden, Horford seems like he's conceding a, a decent amount of space to Harden. And so I know those step back jumpers that he takes are inherently high difficulty shots. But if you give him space and it's it's not like hand right in his face mm-hmm. or hand right near the ball and he has a clean launch on that shot, he's got a better chance of making them. And I think end of the day, I think you he might have shot like four or nine from three or something like that. Yeah. That's really good. And if so, if he can just hit those shots and he brings the the coverage up far enough that Boston's got to play up on him, it makes it easier to get to the paint, easier for him to get to a spot where he can hit Joel with that pocket pass and then. As we saw last night, as we've seen all season, Joel gets the ball at the elbow with a little bit of space. That's essentially a layup at this point. Like he has about equal chance to make that as a lot of guys do finishing yep. at the rim. So uh, I think if if that continues to be the case, if Boston concedes that space on the perimeter, I think that's ultimately going to be fine for James. And I think James can probably have a good enough series where they have a chance. So I thought one encouraging thing from somebody that wasn't Joel was the Tucker was Tucker making those threes. Like at the end of the day, and we've talked about this, Tucker is here for those moments, right? Tucker's not here for a Tuesday night in Orlando. He's not here for, you know, a game against Charlotte. He's here to make those shots and to, and to be in those moments. And, you know, the whole game in general, he wasn't great, but, those big, those shots, like, I agree, Joel deserves credit for giving it to him. But the fact he made those, I think, is kind of why you maybe start to justify the $10 million for Tucker, is he's not afraid to take them, and, and he's played in big games and played well. So I thought from an outside of Joel perspective of encouragement, I think seeing Tucker make those shots was very encouraging. Well, to the afraid point, I think that's honestly been the problem. Uh, his season-long percentages have been fine. Like mm-hmm. I think he's shooting 39 point, like 39 and a half, something like that from three on the year. So the overall efficiency is great. The problem has been teams are loading up in the middle of the floor and he just won't shoot open three sometimes. And so I thought that was the biggest part. Like even if he misses those shots or makes one of them rather than all three, just the fact that he's taking those is a big deal for them because they can't have it be, like Matisse Thibel when he was here where he's getting a shot where there's nobody within 10 to 15 feet of him and he's mm. sitting there and he's like hesitating and, and twitching and oh what do I do what do I do and you know I think that was a reason that Thibel got moved is because the Sixers ultimately felt that even if he had shown progress and, and fits and starts they didn't believe that he was going to be willing to take those shots in a big moment yeah. so I, I've talked about it on this podcast. Like, I think that's a very underrated mental trait that you need to have. It's something that I know it drove fans crazy watching Danny Green and Robert Covington and these guys that are shooting through whatever cold slump that they're in. But you need those guys to be wired in a way that if they miss seven shots and they're 0 for 7 and the ball comes their way in crunch time, that they genuinely believe that they're going to be one for eight after that shot. Like I, you can, we talk, we probably overemphasize crunch time in general when talking about basketball, but there's a reason that like a lot of guys make their money from those moments. Like some Mm -hmm. guys are just 
mentally tougher and more resilient in those moments. And Tucker has historically been that kind of guy, whether he still has enough left in the tank to be that guy or whether he's going to hold up in different matchups is another story. But I thought that was a, a big moment for him here. I think it's honestly, that's probably like the first real moment he's had in yeah. Philly where it was like, oh man, that was, he really saved their asses there. And yep. if he does that a few more times in the playoffs and, and helps lead them to conference finals, finals appearance, you know, we're going to be looking at the season a lot differently for him. Well, if they make the conference finals because of PJ Tucker, then he's earned his $30 million. Like he's earned the entire life of the contract right yeah. there. Um, one thing, so you talked about how in crunch time, you can just tell kind of who has it and who doesn't. One legitimate concern I do have about the team is, and we just talked about Harden a little bit, but he does not look like himself, in my opinion, just in terms of like his attitude, like how he's played. And so when I look at last night and I think like, how does that impact my opinion of them versus the Celtics? I think Joel doing what he did makes you feel, okay, maybe Joel is ready to have his moment to just carry them against a better team, right? Just to flat out do it. And it's not going to matter. But man, Harden does not, he does not look ready to contribute. Like I, I, as much faith as Joel has earned from me, I think these last two games and really kind of the last few times he's played, I've not felt great about like where Harden is at heading into the playoffs. So I would agree with the Milwaukee one. Cause that one was, that was just bad. That's one of the worst games he's played here. Even if you compare it to the games he played while he was yeah. half injured last year. I think we've said but, that quite a bit though. Like, I feel like there's been a few games recently where it's like, well, this is the worst offensive game I've seen Harden play. Like, what was the other one? Was it Chicago? The Chicago playing? one right. was definitely the worst one. That one, mm -hmm. he was effectively tanking. That, right. that was horrible. Um, I think I'm not that negative on him just because, look, I, I think the body work this season's been very good. I think he looked physically great against the Raptors like less than a week ago. And that to me is more important. Like shots are not going to fall. He's going to have issues on defense and whatever. As long as he's moving okay, I think that to me is probably number one on the list. And I do think there's part of it where it's like, Joel's not having that great of a game if James doesn't spoon feed him some of those looks, right? Like some, yeah, I'm not saying, I, Joel did the vast majority of the heavy lifting, but you could probably give James credit for, let's say six to eight of those points where he sucks in the defense hits Joel. And then it's just a, a short jumper for two points. So I think that that matters in the sense that like Joel is going to be the guy who carries them. They don't need James to be 30 point a game, Houston, James Harden. They might need him for one or two games to do that. If Joel has a bad night or he's in foul trouble or whatever it is. And I think I trust James enough at this point that he can do that. It's all going to fall on Joel at the end of the day. Like I, I, I don't want to harp on one guy over everyone else too much, but if he is who he has been these last couple of games against Boston, they're going to be able to live with tough performances and bad bench and whatever else and have a fighter's chance. They might not win. Boston might be the better team at the end of the day, but he's going to give them a chance to win the series.